Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May 28th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Funhouse's own Adam Kovic. Adam, hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great. Uh, two days in a row. You guys, you're, I'm, I'm all up in you. This has been great. Oh, yeah, dude. You're all the way up in us, man. It's, it's great yeah. to have you. Uh, great to have Funhouse. Of course, we're doing the, the whole Funhouse Kind of Funny crossover week. How have you been enjoying it? How have you been enjoying being on Kind of Funny content? Uh, we, we were talking about it. It's funny. We were just, we had like a little like uh, talk, like a, uh, you know, preamble. We were, we were doing a meeting yesterday. And we're like, God, we, we actually really like collaborating. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like, oh, awesome. Funny. There, you guys have always been some of my favorite people to work with. And this goes all the way back pre kind of funny. Uh, I was talking to Greg about this yesterday when we did the gauntlet season two. And so when I first met Greg and Tim and I thought they were like a married couple because of the way they acted. Uh, I can see I, that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, like we would just sit around and play games and stuff, and I was like, I love doing stuff with these guys. So yeah, some of my favorite people in the world. You guys are awesome. Thank you, I appreciate it. Of course, like as somebody who recently got hired to kind of funny, I've always I'm not maybe not always, but I've been a fan of Funhouse. Right, I've seen your videos. You guys have always been killing it. Uh, listen to quite a bit of Dude Soup. Really, really like that show. Uh, Thank you. And so it's great to have you guys over here. Uh, how so? To to recap, what are all the shows you've been on so far? Because I'm very curious because I ha- I've not had had the chance to like. Keep up. I know you've been on KFGD with Greg. Yeah, help help me out, Kevin. Uh, I'm. Let's see. Yeah, because I know I did. Uh, I did this show yesterday. Uh, you also and did then... a kind of funny podcast. That's right. Yeah, was that, yeah. Wait, for a total I was, I of like ten minutes, I think. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. That was my fault. Technical difficulties. No, it's all there. good. <laughs> it's just becoming a blur. And then uh, we've got uh, the the cool friends. Uh, show for yeah, this cool one friend. that's today yeah right? that is today yes um but it's all becoming kind of a, a fun blur um i don't know and then uh yeah we've had you know you you guys on a bunch of our stuff i just watched down yeah. a video yesterday that was shot last week uh andy kicked it off this week this monday where we did a our new series where we're playing like csgo co-op games uh we don't know if it's just csgo right now but we were trying to spook andy and i think it worked maybe we'll see amazing amazing well, awesome. People for sure uh, should for sure check those out. Of course, uh, youtube.com slash funhouse, youtube.com slash kind of funny, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. That's where you can find all the content. But enough about that. Let's talk about Xbox Series X backwards compatibility, Iron Man VR going gold, and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show uh housekeeping of course it's kind of fun house week like we just talked about uh we're doing all sorts of crossover content with our pals at funhouse like this episode of kfgd featuring adam kovic to catch the full rundown head over to kind of funny.com slash funhouse also we have a huge Predator Hunting Ground stream tomorrow happening at 2 p.m. until 5 p.m. on twitch.tv slash games. We did our first one this week yesterday, and that was only an hour long, but we had a blast. And of course, fun, of course, Funhouse is actually in that game as voices, which is a crazy thing. I, I mean, we're, we're the guys who the Predator is killing. So, oh, yeah. and Lady. Uh, I believe there are a couple ladies. But yeah, a uh, friend of ours is a um, producer on that, and he had us try out and liked what we did. So we got to be the voices that are uh, going around getting all muddy and, yeah. you know, here's blowing our vocal cords out. So that was a lot of fun. No, it's super awesome. Like, one of my favorite things while playing that game is, of course, at the beginning of, of each round, you want to mud up so the Predator can't find you. And like one of yeah. my favorite voice lines is Elise being like, uh, man, I hope I hope this is mud, you know, because it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Disgusting. it's gross out there. Uh, and so <laughs> forth, people should tune in to our Predator Hunting Ground stream that's going on for three hours uh, tomorrow. Again, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, 2 p.m. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Blackjack, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some, we have four stories today. 
Starting with a huge number one, uh, Xbox Series X aims to be the most compatible console. Uh, this comes from a blog post by Jason Ronald, the director of program management for Xbox Series X. Uh, before I even get into it, uh, just to like kind of preface what this article is, because it's, it's, it's a large blog post. I had to cut it down, and even through cutting it down, it still ended up being a, a, a lot of information, and so we'll read through it in a second. Tell but, me, and if you want to cut in and just just you know talk and you know just shoot shoot the breeze i'm happy to i'm this this i'm excited about new consoles so i will happily talk about oh, this all day every day this is gonna be an exciting show uh, you're welcome to cut in whenever you want because yeah there's a, there's a lot to break down here but, but basically this is xbox sort of breaking down what backwards compatibility looks like for them and so jason ronald writes in this blog post our goal has always been to empower gamers to play the best versions of games from across four generations of xbox at the launch of xbox series x these principles were key to us from day one and influenced many of our desi design decisions as we started on our journey to create our most powerful, powerful and compatible console ever. The very same team who created new, in new innovative ways to preserve and enhance your existing catalog of games on Xbox One is the same team pushing the envelope again with Xbox Series X. Maintaining compatibility presents a massive technical, technical challenge as a fundamental system and chip, and chip architectures advance across generations. Developers highly optimize their games to, uh, to the unique capabilities and performance of a console to provide the best experience for their players. To make the Xbox Series X our most compatible console ever required both significant innovation in the design of the custom processor as well as the unique design of the Xbox operating system and hypervisor at the heart of our next generation platform. With more than, than 100,000 hours of playtesting already completed, thousands of games are already playable on Xbox Series X today from the biggest blockbusters to cult classics and fan favorites. Many of us in Team Xbox play on the Xbox Series X uh, daily as our primary console, and switching between generations is seamless. By the time we launch this holiday, the team will have spent over 200,000 hours ensuring your game library is ready for you to jump in immediately. Not only should gamers be able to play all of these games from the past, but they should, they should play better than ever before. Backwards compatible games run natively on the Xbox Series X hardware, running with the full power of the CPU, GPU, and the SSD. No boost mode, no, don no, down, clack no down clocking, uh, the full power of the Xbox Series X for each, each and every backward compatible game. This means that all titles run at the peak performance that they were originally designed for, many times even higher performance than the games saw on their original launch platform, resulting in higher and more steady frame rates and rendering at their, at their maximum resolution and visual quality. Backwards compatible titles also see significant reductions in in-game load times from the massive leap in performance from our custom NVMe SSD, which powers the Xbox Velocity architecture. As I play through my personal ba backlog, and again, this is uh, Jason Ronald talking. Mm -hmm. uh, as I play through my personal backlog as part of our internal testing, all of the incredible games from Xbox, Xbox One and earlier, uh, and earlier play best on Xbox Series X. Also, in partnership with the Xbox Advanced Technology Group, Xbox Series X delivers a new innovative HDR reconstruction technique, which enables the platform to automatically add HDR support to games. As this technique is handled by the platform itself, it allows us to enable HDR with zero impact to the game's performance, and we can also apply it to Xbox, Xbox 360 and original Xbox titles developed almost 20 years ago, well before existence of HDR. In addition to the, uh, the new quick resume feature, in addition, the new quick resume feature was designed to not only work with new games, but it can also be enabled for backward, backward compatible titles. All of these advances happen at the platform level and require no additional work from title developers. We're also creating whole new classes of innovations, including the ability to double the frame rate of a select set of titles from 30 FPS to 60 FPS or 60 FPS to 120 FPS. The team also continues to listen to feedback from the community on additional titles you would like to see added to the backward compatibility program. Resurrecting titles from history often presents a, a complex mix of technical and licensing challenges, but the team is committed to doing everything we can to continue continue to preserve our collective gaming legacy. Adam, there's a whole lot in there. Yeah, I'm I'm so as someone who has made a career out of playing old broken games on newer hardware, doing uh, we do the series demo disc where we take you know old games and we try to play it on like you know a Windows 10 PC or you know used to be Windows 8 and seeing how a lot of games so many of the physics and other things are tied to the frame rate i'm really curious to see what that does and how they fix that or don't i'm curious to see if the hdr 
how how that works with games that didn't have HDR HDR barely you know just barely existed in things like the Source Engine and stuff back in the day, which is I I'm I I want to see it to believe it, but um I can't wait for people to experience things that we have where like you play the original Hitman and bodies just fly everywhere because your frame rate's way too fast yeah. for the game to comprehend. Like as somebody who who likes fighting games, like I know Street Fighter and pretty much every fighting game is designed around frame rate and like how many frames a certain move takes uh, to do. Right, I know that changing frame rates up out of nowhere to those games could o- often break them. Um, and so I'm curious to see like how this works on a game to game basis. Like, is this going to be a thing that affects mainly, let's say, third person action games or first person games? Because like first person games and I, I guess third person action games also could, could always kind of benefit from a faster frame rate um i'm curious to see a lot of these details are awesome to me like we've had had an ongoing conversation about um backwards compatibility and smart delivery from the sense and i've always i've always kind of came at it from the sense of like cool uh smart delivery sounds dope and it is like a dope thing right The, the idea that you can buy a game once and then have it for whatever system that you need it on like that's a really cool thing but the details around backwards compatibility have always been interesting to me because like the fact that your backwards battleable games are also going to be able to take advantage of the power of the Xbox Series X. To me, that makes backwards battleability an almost like even more interesting thing. Like I can I can play old games and yeah, like there's not necessarily necessarily work being done to I don't know, let's just say Banjo Kazooie because that's the that's the first one that came to, came to my head, right? Like there's right. not actual work nuts being bolts, done to Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's say nuts and bolts even because that's a 360 <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that I can go to it and have quick resume and have maybe a faster uh fps and have hdr like to me that's a really yeah. cool thing and i like the way that they're, they're spelling it out and i like how clear they're being about it too because they're saying that like this all these features are going to be available for games from launch right like they've tested out thousands of games in the already uh and from launch like this is going to be a thing that's there and that's going to be available for you to use like all that sounds like great news to me it sounds great it, it it's always comes down to how was it executed in practice i i'm only saying i'm hesitant um i love all the stuff the xbox team has been doing and they're always been uh they they are definitely putting their hearts and souls into it but there are still issues with the master chief collection uh and it's you know now making its way to steam and coming out on pc and that that's a lot of stuff that I don't think they can actually fix unless they just actually remake the entire thing. There are certain things that are actually tied to frame rate. So like if you play at a higher frame rate online, you're actually at a disadvantage a lot of the times. Uh, If you play at 30 or 60 frames, basically what the game was intended to be played on, you have a better chance of hitting your shots, as I've been told. And I've actually tried it a few times and it does seem to actually make a difference. If you play with an unlimited frame rate, it actually kind of ruins the game sometimes online so yeah so they i think a lot of these things hopefully they don't impact a lot of these uh single player games from you know our collective childhoods uh and i think it's really cool that they're going back all four generations that's like i I love hearing this stuff i think it's really cool um as always i want to see what the execution is and you know experience it for myself when i play banjo kazooie in hdr 4k rtx uh (laughs) all the all the things yeah, that's the thing that I, that I think strikes me as uh, pretty cool from the Xbox side of, side of things because they they announced uh, backwards compatibility as a feature for Xbox One in like 2015, and since then it seems like they've really taken ownership of of what that means for the for their ecosystem. They've they've gone they've gone harder and harder in terms of like making backwards compatibility like a core feature of the Xbox yeah. ecosystem in a way that for them building the xbox series x it seems like from the ground up they've been like all right how do like we're we're making this console we're making this box to be the most powerful box it can be we're also going to make this box at the core like at the hardware level uh with the ability to like take advantage of backwards compatibility that makes me think and hope that the future of, of xbox in terms of where they go with with their hardware will always involve backwards compatibility uh with some sense right like i like the things they've done so far with xbox uh, one in backwards compatibility have been like you know to what to what you're saying right like can be kind of hit or miss with the with the master chief collection ex- especially but mm-hmm. i think overall like especially compared to nintendo and sony like they've done a pretty great job of maintaining their library and having games come out come out uh for backwards compatibility over time and i know they i don't think we've gotten announcements of backwards compatible backwards compatible games for a long while because i think they've kind of hit the threshold of what they're able to do with xbox one 
but I'm curious to see like with Xbox Series X, I wonder if then that, that allows for new titles to be ex- to be uh, back compatible. Like I wonder if we then see like Jet Jet Set Radio Future or something like that come come Shenmue to the platform. Shenmue Two, yeah, yeah, Panzer Dragoon. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean it, you you bring up a good point too with um, when they first br- came out with the Xbox One. I think that was a big, that was a huge humbling experience for them. Uh, you know, Phil Spencer mm-hmm. sort of inherited this mess, which uh, when they first, you know, the the console, yes, was capable of being backwards compatible and all that stuff, but they were so focused on TV and the future and getting rid of disc and all these things that scared people. And now with now with Phil Spencer being, I mean, it's not just him; it's him and his team. His team it's yeah. them being a lot more humble and saying we're going to do the things that are important to us. And we know it's important to, it might just be a few people, but it's important to them, which is preserving, you know, a video game library. And now we're getting a console that is going in with that mindset instead of having to evolve from the thing that we started with, you know, having a, I have never seen another console with a in and out HDMI port uh, and something that's basically never been used. I tried it once. I didn't like it. So too much Mm -hmm. lag. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really excited for how how much care they put yeah. into the the backwards compatibility team, and it, it's something they don't have to do. No one is making, no one's twisting their arm. It is something that that it, in a weird way, I know it's a corporation, but it seems like they're doing out of the goodness of their heart and something they are very passionate about. And I think people will appreciate. I mean, I'm one of them who definitely appreciates just being able to boot up an old game and know that it works. So the nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com says so kind of fun at games, just like you guys can, and says, Hi, Blessing Adam. We got some information regarding the Series X, and oh my god, it sounds too good to be true. Every game available on the One is available on the Series X, improved with better frame rate, HDR support, and quick start, basically remastering them without the work from the developer and only through hardware. So do you think a feature like this, where all games run better on on the Series X at launch and not just Series X games, will make the console a day one buy for many, many more people? Keep in mind that all Series X games will be available on the One for at least a year after launch of the new console. How about for yourselves, particularly you, Adam? Does this does this new feature, where all games run in a way in a, in a way better state, entice you to pick up a Series X day one or during the first couple months of launch? And then how can the PS5, who previously said that they will have thousands of PS4 games be, be backwards compatible, uh, enabled throughout the life cycle of the PS5, counter this when they run uh, when they run their backwards compatibility through a service? Thanks, the nanobiologist. So there's a lot of questions uh, packed in here. But to, yeah. to bring it back to the first question the nanobiologist asked, right? Will this make uh, the console a day one buy for many, many more people? Uh, I mean, yeah, I... I, I... I think this is uh, an exciting piece of hardware, um, not only from the internals, but also from a design aesthetic. They're they're doing something uh, different, which is kind of strange to see Microsoft doing to kind of take a big swing like this. It, and granted, it is another black box. It's a squ- you know, it's like most technology yeah. that we have. All my consoles kind of more or less look the same, unless you have a Gears of War themed one or a god of war themed one yeah. you know a, a gal whichever gal you want uh but it uh for a, i mean yes I, I it is definitely a day one buy for me but also I'm, I'm in this industry where um i i'm a huge enthusiast of this sort of stuff i bought a ps4 switch and xbox one you know launch edition i i'm this is stuff even if i wasn't in this industry i'd probably still be excited about this stuff i love new tech i love trying out new things uh, I don't like pigeonholing myself into one place. Um, this is coming from someone who is ex- mostly PC these days. But it's what I'm really excited about is that it's all sort of converging into it's just almost convenience factor. Like, you know, the, the the Series X seems to be something that's like it's very much living room focus. And then their attitude seems to be if you want to play a PC game, go play it on your PC if you have that option. Um, but if you want to chill out, play in your living room. Series X is good for that, and you can just continue on and ideally have a similar experience, but you know, obviously not from a controls perspective. So, um, doing those sorts of things is really exciting. What's is, is, oh. Did you act? Did you activate Siri as you were talking? Is that what happened? It was. We say, I mean, as talking as someone who's a tech enthusiast, it was either a Google Home, uh, a Siri Watch, or a Samsung Assistant somewhere. That's amazing. Um, I, I am the worst. I apologize. 
No, it's totally fine. I mean, we're saying Siri like a billion times as we're talking about Series X, and so it's, it's bound to happen. Oh, right? that's, sure people... right. that's what's doing it, right? Yeah. When I'm you're saying I'm Series sh- X? I'm sure people who are listening to this podcast on speaker are having the, having the same, similar issue of like, Siri, fucking shut up. Just stop, please. You're, you're ruining this for me. Um, yeah. But, what about yeah, you? Like, is, this, is this day one buy for you? I, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you of like, we're both involved in video games. We both love video games. We're both like, you know, we, we're both, we both want the new, the new and great thing that's coming out. And so, yeah, like it's a, the Xbox Series X is likely going to be a day one or like a launch period purchase for me. That said, like to, to the details that they talked about here and especially the statement that Jason had at the beginning of his blog, uh, blog post here, right? Where he's talking about like the Xbox Series X has become the, the, uh, like the box for people that are working at Microsoft and that are playtesting it because it's able to to run all the games from all the all the other boxes and have all those features available for you. Like to me, that's very enticing from the sense of okay, once I get the Xbox Series X, I can just pack up my Xbox One right away. I don't have to keep all these boxes together. Uh, and like, granted, that's a thing for for a PS5 also. Like once I get a PS5, I'm not necessarily going to need my PS4 out because the PS5 is going to be back going to be backwards compatible with the PS4. But, you know, the, the, the way that they've kind of pitched the Xbox Series X as this all-encompassing system to where, yeah, now you have the Xbox One games you want, you have uh, your 360 games, and you have your original Xbox games. Like, you know, that's, that's really cool. The fact that they're going to be, be, be taking advantage of all these new features, that's really cool for me. That's make it, that makes it something that's exciting and, and something that I want to get uh, off the top, like once, like once it releases. That said, I'm curious to see how that translates to the wider market because... When we're looking at this fall and we're looking at these console releases, I feel like, and this is the thing we've been talking about on the show forever, but like this console transition more so than ever before, for me at least, the way I've been seeing it has seemed pretty seamless. Like there seems to be less reason to kind of want to jump ship from Xbox One to Xbox Series X if you look at the game side of things like the like features cool like you know the fact that you can double your frame rate on your games awesome the fact that you can get hdr in your old games awesome the fact that it's gonna be super powerful like that's great that said if i wanted to play halo infinite like i can still play halo infinite on my xbox one i'm sure hellblade uh 2 sinua saga is gonna be out on xbox one also like the games that i want at least within the first year are gonna be on xbox one granted i'm sure there's gonna be some third-party games that are next-gen exclusive that might be enticing but I think that's going to be one of those things where the wider market kind of weighs weighs it and goes like, all right, cool. Like these, all this stuff sounds awesome, but I can wait to get this. Like I can wait a year or so before I get this. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily even going to be a problem because I don't think like I, Microsoft is obviously trying to sell the Xbox Series X to as many people as possible. But I think for them, like as long as they get people in the ecosystem, that's all that matters. And so like if you're playing, if you're playing on your Xbox One. As long as you're playing Halo Infinite or you're playing like an Xbox game or you're playing a Game Pass game or you're playing a game in general on your Xbox One, you know, it's a win for Microsoft. They don't mind. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think what they're I think what they're doing here is, is good. I think they have a good strategy. And I think like uh, as far as far as like the the um, converting people from this gen to next gen, I think overall it's just going to be a, it's going to be a slower burn for people um, in the grand scheme of things. But I also Probably. think that's fine. Yeah, I mean, also hardware-wise, it is it's looking more and more like what PCs are, where it's these sort of gradual upgrades, and that sort of happened with this last generation, where they came off of it. You know, we had PlayStation 3's cell processor, and then Xbox 360 had a weird Xenon processor that's kind of more akin to like a Mac, uh, you know, architecture. And when we moved to these new consoles, which are now the old consoles they started to look a lot more like PCs internally using things like DDR4 mm-hmm. RAM and, um, you know, develop there more of these kind of like scale down PCs. And so I think a lot of people saw it kind of going this way where it's like, well, the next generation is just going to be more of that. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be that huge jump from PS3 to PS4 where the internals are that radically different. They're doing some really cool stuff with solid state technology, but this is also stuff that has existed for a long time it's stuff that exists in your phone today it's most pcs have this um it also you know the obvious there's different variations that you can use with that but it is some really exciting tech that i think most people probably aren't really aware of and they're going to have a uh, i think they're, it's going to be really exciting for people when they can you know boot up a game you know seeing what the stuff like sony's been doing where they're showing spider-man load in like you know two seconds yeah that's really cool that's fun stuff i think people are really going to enjoy that um, but I think for the, the everyday tech enthusiasts like ourselves, we're going to go, Oh, that's cool. 
yeah okay i've i've seen yeah. this stuff before and uh i'm glad i'm glad now it is uh it's making our way into our everyday you know sort of console architecture yeah no for sure and then to to this last part of the nanobiologist question, right? Like, how can the PS5, who previously said that they will have thousands of PS4 games, be backwards compatible enabled throughout the life cycle of the PS5? Uh, how can they can't counter this when they run their backwards compatibility through a service? I so the way I've always read PS5 backwards compatibility is like I from the Sony side of things, I think they just jumbled up the messaging in a way that made it confusing. But I don't like I think they'll be just fine as far as like what the PS4 backwards compatible backwards compatibility will be like you know from all the things that xbox has said you know as far as like quick resume and hdr and, and all that stuff like mark cerny in that doc in that uh talk that he did that was supposed to be at gdc but ended up not being at gdc and so he was doing it in front of like a bunch of like black silhouettes like yeah. the the things he talked about in that talk also seemed pretty appealing right like the fact that like you can get ps4 games boosted through the power of ps5 the fact that you can be able to take advantage of uh what the ss the ssd has to offer for those games quicker load times all these different things like you know i think that's still gonna be great i think we're still going to see like a i think most games will be backwards compatible at launch for ps4 i think it's just yeah. their messaging on it was kind of messy in a way that makes us think that like all right, are all PS4 games going to be back compatible uh, on on PS5? Like, I think I think things will be fine. I think it just comes down to whenever this upcoming PS5 event happens. I think they just got. I think they will communicate it in a way where we're like, oh, okay, cool. We're freaking out over nothing. Okay, cool. Like, you know, they have their own solution too. Granted, they're not going to have PS3, PS2, and PS1 games, which is always going to be a bummer to me. But I also don't think that's the end the end of the world. Like. Greg kind of brings up this point, and I kind of agree with him, even though, like, personally, like, I have feelings about it. Like, Greg always brings up the fact, like, does it matter? In the grand scope of things, how much does backwards compatibility matter? Like, in terms of, like, the pure business. And, like, I think Greg is right in the in the sense that, like, like if, if PS3, PS2, and PS1 games aren't playable on PS5, I don't think it'll affect a sale. I don't think that, that'll really affect things that much in terms of what their bottom line is. That said, it's a feature that I would love to have as a PlayStation sale, person. But I guess you're still gonna yeah. buy it, right? <laughs> like I'm still gonna, I'm still, and that's the yeah. thing. I'm still gonna buy it either way. Like I'm gonna buy, I'm buying new hardware for for new games. If I really badly wanted to play old games, I would get a PS3, which I I do have a PS3 in my room, as I say that. Um, mm -hmm. But like, yeah, like I, I don't know. To you, how much does backwards backwards compatibility matter to you as a feature? It. it it's the thing that I don't miss until I want it. You know, it, it's it's not yeah. the reason I go into looking at new tech, but there are definitely times where I go, oh, I need to go back and do this thing. And then, it, you know, obviously you can't, or you have to use a service like PS Now, which is subpar, uh, in my opinion, of, you know, playing games on a server somewhere that's, been, you know, going through a Gaikai server on live, whatever that is. I'm just not a fan of the cloud. Yeah uh style of doing it i understand that's a band-aid uh you know it's a 700 million dollar band-aid that they're trying to put onto things um i'm but what i what i like more for me is when they say no 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 those games play one-to-one -one. in fact they play better because we're actually uh the hardware supporting it as opposed to no 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 you play in a cloud because it sounds like you're being talked down to essentially saying mm. you can't even notice it's like i can notice microseconds of lag and if it's there it's gonna affect my enjoyment of something um but yeah I, for going in with something new it's just it's not something i'm looking at and saying you need to support these old things but it is always like a, a pleasantry it is a yeah. a plus it's like oh cool i it it's a it's an add-on that i don't necessarily need but it is one that i appreciate yeah, like if I could play Burnout Three Takedown on my PS Five, that would mean the world to me. That would be <laughs> awesome to me. I'd, that that'd be a great move, and I'd like. I think I think all of us would be like glad for it, right? Like like yeah. every, I think most people who are buying a PS Five would like uh, there to be a feature where you could play old games on it. But I also think it's one of those things where Sony like weighs they they weigh the amount of work that you would have to put into it to make it a worthwhile thing, and they weigh like. The other, the other things that they have going on and like you know what they like they the way the fact that their first party games are like uplifting their platform so much they look at like the bottom line and then and the money and all this stuff and they're like all right like you know we'll make ps4 games play well on ps5 because that makes sense but 
you know, we, how much work do we really want, want to put into it? Especially when you look at Microsoft and Xbox to see how much work it's taking from them to make it work. And the fact that yeah. they're doing it, you know, is awesome. But like, what is what is the return at the end of at the end, end of the day to make it like a good business move? Um, yeah, and I, 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 I totally agree with Greg on that as much as I hate it in mm-hmm. Sony is not doing this in a vacuum. They understand the business side of it and they know who's buying their console and why. And if their sales chart doesn't line up and like it could be wrong and people could just be voting, you know, with their wallets. And if they they make that, that's a huge misstep. That's something they'll probably go back to and go, uh, we messed up. But my guess is they have the market research and they understand, they know what they're doing and they know that whatever they do, the marketability and the brand recognition of PlayStation is so much, so important, so much more important than, you know, backwards compatibility. And, but, you know, Microsoft's sort of playing the long game and they're, I think they're hoping for like the grassroots uh, sort of word of mouth uh, angle and just trying to be the best that they can be to the customers that they have and holding on to those people and then hoping that they spread the word. It's it's strange because in this situation, Microsoft is the trillionaire giant that basically has unlimited funds. And Sony is the one that needs to be a bit more nimble. They're still a big company, but they're not as big as Microsoft. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's something, yeah. one of those things that you, I think we often forget, but Microsoft's yeah. acting like your cool friend, just like, you know, man, we're just like a small little startup. <laughs> like you're not, you're so rich. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess they can afford to have that attitude. Speaking of PlayStation, story number two, I mean, VR has gone gold. Uh, this right. comes from at Camouflage, the developer on Twitter, uh, who they tweet, uh, after years of hard work, we're, we are proud to announce that Marvel's Iron Man VR has officially gone gold. We can't wait for everyone to hashtag suit up when the game releases exclusively for PlayStation VR on ah. July 3rd. Well, dang yes. it. <laughs> I don't have a PlayStation VR. Oh, no. oh, snap. Oh, no. I, were you looking yeah. forward to Iron Man VR? Did you have any interest I- in the game? Yeah, I'm I'm always interested in um fun VR stuff and the the Marvel. Uh, there there was that one canceled. This is this is a I don't know if anyone's gonna remember this. There was a canceled THQ Avengers game that was in all first person. I think it was a Connect game. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think was, I think it might have been a Wii game. I think. Or I maybe, remember. Yeah, it was definitely motion control in some yes. shape or form. And I always thought that would be kind of cool. And then if you're familiar with The Void, if you've done that, uh, the the VR like arcade kind of thing it's like an escape room mm-hmm. type vr thing there is an iron man experience i've never got to try and so i'm wondering if this is something similar to that but um yeah no for sure dude who doesn't want to be iron man that sounds awesome now can i sell you on psvr since you said you don't you don't have vr <laughs> first of all do you have a playstation yeah i have a ps4 it's okay right good over here yeah I was scared. I, I thought I had to like kick you off the show and show in a second. Uh, and have I Kevin also like Final Fantasy Seven remake. Come on. Oh, yeah. of course, good man. <laughs> um, PSVR is great. PSVR, I would say, and this is me speaking ignorantly because I've only I've only used PSVR and Oculus Quest, which is a which is a bad comparison. But as far as I as far as as far as I see and as far as I understand, PlayStation VR has the best library. If you're if you're to ask me as somebody who has played PSVR over the last uh, few years, you look at I guess well, I was gonna say Tetris Effect, but Tetris Effect just released on the other platforms. Uh, but you look at that, you look at Astrobot Rescue Mission, one of my favorite games of the generation, beautiful platformer, 10 out of 10 experience. You look at uh Trover Saves the Universe, which might be on other platforms as well, but still on PSVR, great game. Uh, Blood and Truth. Are you familiar with Blood and Truth? I know none of these. I, I mean my, oh, my, my world has been shaped by the quest and the index. And I, I'm just, just for me right now, VR still isn't at a point where it doesn't make me sick. So that's mm-hmm. sort of, I, I got really sick playing PSVR when we did um, Resident Evil. Uh, oh, Resident Evil 7? 7, yes. Uh, we played that one. Both my wife and I played it uh, at a friend's house and we did it with the controller. And then we, we had headaches and we were like sick to our stomachs for about a day. <laughs> So it's not quite there for me yet. It's getting there. It's getting really close. I think the quest has gotten the closest to me not feeling like motion sickness. Yeah. Um, but the controllers are not the greatest. So like it, it's it, it might just be my body type is not capable of enjoying VR. I want to believe me. Um, VR experiences are some of the when they work are some of the coolest things in the world. I'm mentioning the void earlier. They have this um, this thing you could try out. The one I have done two times is where you're stormtrooper. But you're actually moving through hallways and you're holding a gun. And when you get shot, your chest vibrates like it actually feels like a like you're in you know, a video game. You're not just 
tie the, the tether is a big problem for me too. tether yeah. and control. Like I think once you get rid of the tether and I can just use my hands, then I'm, I'm like, I'm sold. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I put That's me in a like big I, empty warehouse. I say PlayStation has the best library, but I would say, I would say Oculus quest has been the best VR experience for me. Like the fact that there's no cables involved and the fact that you feel free, the fact that you can, you can limit your space so that you're not like fearful of like running into walls because the 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 um, system will tell you when you're getting too yeah. close to the barrier like all that stuff to me like makes that experience a perfect experience um but that said psvr is still awesome psvr is, is great it, it, so like, you- like the consoles it comes down to who's got the best library who's got the best games um i i still think vr is so new that really good games should not be behind technology but that was Sony's play and the fact that I was never expecting PlayStation to get into the VR game, but the fact that they did and people seem pretty, you know, positive about it and it's affordable, I think is great. I think I just like the idea that the technology is being pushed forward in innovative ways and it, they didn't people didn't uh, drop it like they did in the past where, you know, VR is not it's not yeah. really new. It happened 20 years ago or whatever, but it was just a giant TV on your head. Um, but now it's like the, the Oculus bought was bought by Facebook and my fear was they were just going to go, Oh, this, this is a fad. It's not going anywhere. I'm happy to see that they're still iterating and there's stuff coming out and that there could potentially still be a business or there is a market for this technology because it is the future. It is where we're going. It's going to, it's if, even if it's VR or AR or some combination of the two or something new that we haven't discovered. I definitely immersion is definitely the future uh, of I'm, all I'm- entertainment. I'm curious to see how much of the feature it is, though, because like the more and more I, I play VR and try it out, the games that I've loved for VR have always been novel experiences and experiences where I'm like, man, I couldn't get this anywhere else. Like when I think of mm-hmm. Astrobot, I'm like, this is an experience I couldn't get anywhere else. Uh, same with Beat Saber. Uh, same with like quite a few other VR games. Like Blood and Truth felt like a what uh, a one of a kind experience for PSVR. You know, because like these are games that uh, that all take advantage of that uh the system in very unique ways in ways that like you know felt cool and felt new and felt fresh i'm curious to see how much vr can keep that up because with with half-life alex also being a game that that uh, that recently came out for vr with that with that game seemingly pushing vr to i don't want to say it's its limits but to limits that vr hasn't haven't hasn't seen before uh whenever i hear people kind of talk about uh, half-life alex and when I, whenever i see gameplay i'm like oh man this this seems next level i'm curious to see whether VR ends up as a thing to where, like, now we look at it as side by side with traditional gaming, or if it's still like if it ends up in the far future as like just a niche still, because right now it's definitely it, it's definitely a, a niche, but uh, it it's a niche with potential. I think like I think VR can yeah. go places because because of how cool it is, but I'm yeah, curious yeah. if I, it actually ends up like bigger than it is currently. Yeah, I, I think one of the the follies is looking at it in its current state what we're looking at is a alpha or a beta of what it mm. could be and so it's like this is it's it's for the next generation for people to think bigger what if and i mean my dream situation is you go into a padded uh facility like a uh, a sky zone or something like that and you just put on some glasses and all of a sudden you're transported into a jungle or old you know old uh, medieval times and you have foam swords and, you know, it's like, it's LARPing on a next level. And it's like, how do you do that? How do we get there where it becomes an actual immersion? It becomes this thing. And like, obviously this is all, it's science fiction, but it, it is, it feels like it's getting closer in those iterations. And um, someone's going to figure it out. They're going to figure out what that technology is. And I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm staying hopeful for it. And that realizing that we're just getting sort of the early glimpses of what it is. Cause yeah, no one wants to carry a computer on their back no. right now. Um, yeah. and then, and being tethered and all this stuff, like w- people are going to look back at this and go, Oh my God, that that's so positively medieval what you did <laughs> just to, just to get a, a glimpse of what the future could be. So yeah, this, this stuff I always agree. excites me. No. Story number three, uh, apex legends season five is, uh, hold on, let me say it again. Apex legends season five off to the best start of any season to date. Uh, this comes from a press release released by EA, uh, and they write, Respawn today announced that Apex Legends Season 5, Fortune's Favor, has quickly become the best start of any any season to date. More new players are coming into the game, and along with returning fans, it has driven the highest player retention for a season launch, with players playing for longer periods of time per day than ever before. 
As new seasons of the game's un- of the game's story unfolds uh, in season five, the community's connection to the lore and legends is growing stronger as well. Apex Legends season five season five trailers earned more than forty seven million views to date, the most ever for Apex Legends season launch trailers. Apex Legends sets itself apart from other battle royale games through its lore and its legends. Respawn continues to, to inject uh, storylines and content into each season, from online and in-game teases to the to the quote stories of the Outlands uh, trailers and all new quests in season five. The development team, based in Los Angeles and in, in Vancouver, uh, seeks to deliver something truly unique and pushes themselves to try something new as they evolve the game's narrative. Uh, Adam, do you play Apex at all? when it first came out i've been a little uh lukewarm on it but i have been sort of meaning to get into battle royale stress me out <laughs> uh that that type that game type uh mess with a little around with modern warfare's um warzone mode but um just for some reason i've i was uh always raised to uh to be around a respawn respawns have been part of my life for so long that the whole like you have one life is always very stressful i i, I like i like apex's system uh that you know other people eventually ripped off um which is great yeah. you know to revive people i think that's that makes it a lot more sustainable but um yeah i'm it is a game that i think is really well done um but it's i don't know it's not crazy for me i don't know is a are you a fan is this one of your oh one I'm, of your dude, games? I'm a huge fan i've been playing season five like crazy which is actually the reason i included this new story uh because right. like for me as somebody who's been, like because like to what you're saying actually like i'm 100 with you as far as battle royales go like when I, when PUBG first came out i remember feeling super stressed while playing that game one because like that game originally didn't run that well it ran like shit when it was first uh, when it first came out but then yeah. also like that that feeling of being alone and only having one life and like you know playing 20 minutes of a match and then dying after getting no kill felt super discouraging to me and i didn't really like that i eventually ended up like getting a, a bit into Fortnite and playing that hardcore for like 2 months uh when it came to switch for me, Apex Legends came out and became my perfect battle royale game uh, for like kind of the reasons that, that, that you mentioned, right? Like the resurrect system, I think is super cool. Um, there are just so many different features in Apex Legends that I think makes it so accessible. And that makes it feel like you're not just wasting time. Uh, even if you go like a full match without getting a kill, like you feel like, okay, well, I, you, you always feel like you have a chance. Where in, I, I feel like in other battle royale games, you don't always feel like you get that chance. Like if you get sniped or something. Uh, Apex Legends feels you like... You held it, me it, down and you made me play a battle royale right now. It would have to be Apex because yeah. I, I, I'm with you. It feels like the most accessible and it, it it's more of my play style. Like more of the faster first-person shooter and movement base and stuff. And the fact that it has like heroes and abilities and stuff like that, that, make, that clicks for me. It has like enough Overwatch and enough Call of Duty, enough little things in there that I'm like, okay, I can play this. I'm I'm with you. Fortnite, yeah. I, I could not get into. I was just like, I can't build. I'm not good at that. So. Yeah, like I, I was playing. I was playing actually with my friend Ben yesterday, who's like not really a battle royale person. In fact, like the only shooters that Ben really plays are Call of Duty and Overwatch. And the way I kept like describing it to him as we were playing yesterday, I was like, Hey, like you know, Apex Legends is just it's just Call of Duty and Overwatch had a baby with Fortnite, I guess. So like they had a triple baby. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's 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 just that, right? Like it has the hero system from Overwatch. It has like Call of Duty's sense of like first person shooting, right? Like it has a, a similar kind of uh control and feel to that. But like overall, like it's still like the successful battle royale game that 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 works. And yeah, to to the season five thing, right? Like they're seeing the they're, they're seeing the most success with season five. And for me, as somebody who's been playing season five nonstop. I don't know. I don't know what the secret sauce was. I think for me, it was the new character. The new character is fantastic. You know, I'm in, I mean, the uh, new character Loba is like my new my new main. Her ability to like teleport, you know, is super useful. As somebody who also mains Reaper in Overwatch, like that translated super well for me. But then, like, you know, that stuff is cool. The the map rotation is awesome. The uh the challenges have been have been great. And then like they they've added new story elements, which also also have been interesting. Like they've been finding a groove with Apex Legends that for me like speaks to like this game being a, a long-term thing like i don't think apex legends is going away anytime soon uh i mean away from it i think this, um, i'm glad now that the dust is sort of settled that people have found their game and I, i've been rooting for respawn since that studio was formed i'm like come on mm-hmm. please please and i was worried that with two titanfalls that were not quite the biggest hits that i think people were expecting to be you know the next call of duty that 
their existence was somewhat in jeopardy and then ea did the whole buyout and then we got an amazing star wars game and now we have a battle royale that seems to have found its its place in the world i'm really excited for them the fact that they just opened up that vancouver studio is great too it's like cool, yeah they're expanding i'm yeah those those guys have been ever since they were just that small team they've been killing it and they've always at the core of it made fun games and i want yeah. to see them succeed and hopefully ea doesn't grind them into a small paste like the yeah no for 100 like that's like actually the the big real fear that like you could have with it is that yeah them being owned by ea is always gonna be kind of like a, oh okay let's see how this goes but respawn has had an amazing track record you know ever since titanfall 2 and i guess you could say titanfall 1 if you if you if you're a person that loved titanfall 1 uh but like I, ever since ever since they were founded let me just say that they've had a really great track record of games um and so yeah like the fact that the vancouver studio opened up that is focused on apex legends is it makes me think like about what the future of this game is going to be because they're only it's only going to go up from here especially with them found founding a new studio that is focused on the game that will be able to make like focus and make content for that game i'm i'm very curious to see what the future of it holds uh, and then, uh if, it, if it leads to more titanfalls i'll be very happy oh <laughs> yeah it's gonna happen but fingers crossed fingers crossed uh and then our last story storm number four your ps plus games have been revealed for what's next month june uh this is from the ps blog where they write uh, ps plus members face a tough question this month do you prefer your action to be down to earth or in a galaxy far far away if the former sledgehammer games invites you back to the to the dramatic backdrop of world war ii as the call of duty series returns to its roots if the latter join uh, join huge Star Wars battles across three eras and rebel against the Empire or crush the Resistance in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Whether you want to be the hero, villain, or an elite trooper, there's a Star Wars battle fantasy for everyone. Regardless of your choice, uh, regardless of what choice you make, regardless of what choice you make, buckle up. Both boast, uh, both boast explosive story-driven campaigns and thrilling multiplayer modes to lose yourself in. And so there you go. Whether you're a, you're a fan of Call of Duty or a fan of Star Wars Battlefront, there's something for you next month on PS Plus. Yeah. Do you play either of these games? Are you a fan of either of them? I, I have played them. Uh, definitely way more Star Wars than uh, Call of Duty World War II. I I was following a lot of the changes they were making to Battle uh, to Battlefront 2, and I think for the better. Uh, it ended up mm. getting, once they kind of got all the uh, the Clone War stuff in there, and they were doing those um, the supremacy mode, I believe it was called. Um, I, I could be totally butchering that. It's been a little while since I played, but um, number one, gorgeous game. Uh, and number two, oh, yeah. get to play as clones. So that was really cool, <laughs> you know, fighting on Geonosis and stuff like that. Um, some of the heroes felt either overpowered or underpowered, depending on who, you know, it's the overwatch situation. All the heroes are overpowered and they all suck. Uh, but um, yeah, man, I, I wish I had more time to play that game because it was, it, it took a while to get to that point yeah. of where they sort of iterated on it. But um, every time I played it, I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. I've, it just it felt been... a little grindy. That was sort of my issue. I've been hearing like a lot of great things about it lately. I know when it launched, it had all of those issues of like loot boxes yeah. and microtransactions, and that was like the the game that really made that conversation kind of explode in a way where that 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 took took over the discourse forever. Um, and so for me, like I love the PS2 Battlefront games. I tried out yeah. Battlefront One, uh, well, the new Battlefront One on PS4 when that came out, and I was just like, all right, this seems this looks beautiful. It's Star Wars, but for some reason, it's not clicking with me the way I want it to. And yeah, I, did, I didn't even give uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 a shot after that came out because of all the things that were that, that were happening around it. And so, like five bucks are free now. So yeah, um, like the fact free. that it's coming You're to PS Plus, the fact that it's coming yeah. to PS Plus, I think is like the coolest thing ever because that means that I could I get to actually try it out in the state that it's in. Which if if what people are saying are, is correct, like it's in a way better state. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I think that gives so many people like the same opportunity to try it out um it, without, it has like, the closest thing to a mode that was in battlefield 2142 i believe uh which i think maybe that was uh commander mode or supreme oh, what is that called i'm blanking on this but that uh it was the futuristic one where you had to like launch in these pods and get on top of a spaceship and get into the spaceship and it was like it was just like these different levels and uh of like where you go from like the surface to the air and they actually have that in battlefront 2 and it's 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 kind of exciting. It is like a, a constant uh, tug of war where you're you're like you're fighting on the ground, you're fighting up in space and then you come back down and it's like it's pretty cool. I think it's it's worth trying out. 
when do you think Star Wars gets a battle royale game? Coming off of our last two conversations, like I'm surprised there's not been like a big battle royale mode uh, announced for Battlefront yet. I don't know. I think unless Disney's there is, and I just don't realize. Figured out. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm sure someone play tested it, but that'd be pretty awesome. You just throw a bunch of clones, you throw them in there, yeah. and it's just it's Boba Fett or Jango Fett being like, "Fight for my love," or like, you know, this could be like a, a testing ground where they're like trying out to see who the best clones were, who. You know, the oh, strongest yeah. will survive, and they they join the elite clone army or something like that. I'm just making stuff up. Hey, Disney, if you're listening, make us. that. Please, please yeah, make that. Yeah, these are gold. Dice. Hey, Dice, what's up, man? I'm willing to take <laughs> yeah, money. Seriously. You can pay me. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll come through. Uh, let us know. Uh, Adam, I'm really excited to see when the Star Wars Battle Royale game gets made, but that's probably so far away. If I wanted Maybe. to know what's coming, if I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop shops today, where would I look? Oh, well, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily ho- show hosts each and every weekday. You caught me off guard. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it'll always catch you off guard. Uh, out today, uh, we have Synaptic Drive for Switch and PC, Umihara Kawase Fresh for PC, Umihara Kawase Bazooka for PC, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling for PS4 and Switch. Those who remain for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Atomic Crops for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Resolution for Switch, PC, and Mac. Dungeon Defenders Awakened for PC. The Game Paradise Cruise and Mix Special for Switch. Sega Ages Thunder Force AC for Switch. Shantae and the Seven Sirens for, for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Hill Climbing Mania for Switch. F117A uh, Stealth Fighter for Switch. Let's Sing 2020 for Switch and PS4. Fly Bunch or Fly Punch Boom for Switch and PC. Turmoil for Switch. Hotel R and R for PSVR. Interesting. I think we read about that on PS Love UXO. So uh, I might check that out. Nerve for PC. King Sim for PC. Astrolode Free Miners for PC. Polybridge 2 for PC and Mac. Skyhill Black Mist for PC. Steampunk Tower 2 out now uh, or is out now for iOS and then Rhythm Fighter. Uh, is out now for P- P- for PC and Mac. And then Amiad Fredman writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, I wanted to suggest an addition for out today. Airway X on the App Store has a new COVID-19 module out today. The game is being made by Level X, which is a cool, cool game dev company that makes video games for doctors. The games are catered toward doctors, but anyone can play them and learn more about coronavirus or other medical diagnosis slash procedures. Video games can be the best way to learn and have fun while doing it. Amiat Friendman, MD. So there you go. Uh, if you want to play a game where you can learn more about COVID-19, again, Airway X is what it's called. It's out on the App Store. And then uh, new dates. Virtual reality first-person horror game Dreamback VR is coming out June 10th on Steam. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition is launching on August 27th. Uh, and then Blair Witch is coming to Switch on June 25th. And the deals of the day for you, Borderlands, the handsome collection is now free on Epic Games Store through June, uh, June 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Damn. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, your support means the world's kind of funny. Because of you, the audience, kind of funny is able to do things like launch a new studio, have special collaboration weeks with Funhouse, launch shows like The Return of XOXO, and more. You can head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames if you want to support Kind of Funny Games daily and all the content we produce on this side of Kind of Funny. And you can gain special perks like exclusive content, becoming a Patreon producer, and more. Once again, just go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to support the show and learn more about what we have to offer. Adam. The nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, just like you can, and says, Hi, Blessing Adam. A recent presser for Xbox has told us that Xbox Series X will have the biggest, biggest and best lineup in Xbox history, and it will all, it'll all be led by Halo Infinite. While I'm a huge Xbox fanboy, can we agree that this may be too much pressure for one studio? Many games are seen as the best foot forward for a system, but I'm, I am concerned only based on what Halo 5 did to the series. Could this be a bad move if Halo Infinite goes the same route as Halo 5 with little improvements and not listening to fan criticism? That would that would be the final nail in the coffin in the general public's mind coffin, leading to the, leading to other amazing games that will eventually be released by be, 
leading to other amazing games that will eventually be released be overshadowed by Infinite's renown? Or am I worrying for nothing as we go into the next generation because Phil Spencer has had very little mishaps slash missteps so far and knows what he's doing? Adam, I want to know what you think in particular since you're a huge Halo fan. Thanks, the nanobiologist. And so, like, to grant even more context, right? The um, From news story number one, right, where we talked about backwards compatibility and all that stuff, the blog post, and I, I cut this out so I can, like, not be reading that blog post all show, but the blog post started off with the following statement. Thousands of developers from across the globe are currently creating the next generation of transformative games, many of which can only be realized through the, through the power and innovation of the Xbox Series X. Led by Halo Infinite, our 15 Xbox Game Studios teams are, are hard at work creating the biggest and best lineup of, ex- of exclusives in Xbox history. Adam, is that too much pressure for Halo Infinite? Uh, I think it's it's sort of pressure they inherited only because we had... What I'm trying to I'm trying to do the math here. So on the 360, we had I want to say three Halos, right? That was Halo 3, ODST, and Reach. And then Xbox One, we got Halo 5 and Master Chief Collection. Um, and that's you know that's maybe that's a bunch of Halo, Halo games. Did Halo 4 come out on? Oh, Halo 4 is 360 as well. Totally yeah. forgot. Oh my god, yeah. So this next generation came along, and you really only got one new Halo game. You can get yeah. Halo Wars 2 if you want. Um, but I think most fans probably don't really count that as like, you know, main staple. And it, uh, yeah, it whiffed, it whiffed hard, especially on the single player side. Um, multiplayer, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I had a good time with it for a console only shooter. I thought they did a, an interest. They did some interesting things with it that made the multiplayer a lot of fun. I put a lot of hours into it. Surprisingly, probably the most I had put in since Halo three. Um, so that, um, that to me, it, to me, what happened was they were starting Halo five and, uh, it just it basically the the dev cycle became so long that it's it made that transition into a launch title, kind of like, you know, Zelda does from time to time uh, where you go, we need a system seller. So that's at some point the talk came about, OK, well, this is going to be a Series X launch because we need this thing. You know, we need we need something for it. Uh, so it's inheriting this pressure, essentially, mm-hmm. because they had an entire console generation to make one game and they were working on a second one and they my guess is they've gone back to the drawing board multiple times because they're trying to figure out what makes halo halo and that's really hard and i talked to greg about this before but uh we're saying how studios need to have that id software moment where you are a bunch of people who are inheriting this franchise you know in this case it's 343 getting it from bungie and figuring out what what at the core makes the game special, but then also what can they do to make it their own? And fingers crossed they figured it out. It looks like they're going back to sort of a Halo 1 aesthetic, and it looks sort of like they're doing a soft reboot of the whole thing, which I'm, at this point, kind of fine with. Uh, not a big deal. I think you you probably need to just start over. It's just There's just so much stuff right now. It's like, let's just go back to the simplicity of what makes Halo you know, special to the to the majority of the people who play the games, not the people who read the books and deep dive into the lore, which I was one of those people for the longest time. But um, I think I'm just, I'm just looking forward to a, a really good single player Halo experience. And I hope it delivers on that. Do you think this is the thing we've been talking about and kind of funny uh, over the last few months that we, as we've been kind of predicting the next generation, uh, I think Tim was the one that floated the idea that like this Halo could be, the god of war moment for halo right like as, as far as far as like what you, you look at what uh, uh santa monica studios did with god of war and they and they brought it back from it being like the this franchise that is you know iconic for playstation but at the same time you know kind of rooted in kind of archaic game design and like archaic like archaic ideas of what this character needs to be right like that god of war came out during the ps2 era and games have evolved so much since then and so when you got the new god of war god of war 2018 that game came out and redefined what the franchise was and really like brought it back to the forefront of what we see that see uh that video game franchise being right like god of war is now back as like oh yeah this is one of the great gaming franchises of this generation now do you think it's possible for halo infinite to be that or do you think that expectation is just way too much well, I mean, right now it's Schrodinger's chief. You know, it, it could be the best thing in the world, or it could be the worst thing in the world. We don't know yet until we open the box. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I'm, I'm hoping that Halo Four and Halo Five and Master Chief Collection have rallied 
the the studio 343 and Microsoft to say we need to make this a hit. And enough time has gone by now that I think Halo is nostalgic, which is crazy to think about. You know, it is a yeah. Uh, I mean, it is a 20 year old franchise. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's a. I think it's the the beacon. A lot of people are looking at. Much. I think the God of War comparison is great. And God of like God of War had a different problem where it was cemented in sort of this different time period and then it evolved and you know, the character along with it. And it only really had like one kind of whiff with Ascension, which was, you know, just kind of okay. And it wasn't really their game. Um, God of War three is still one of the greatest action games of all time. Halo has just been, it, 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 it's almost been a joke at this point. You know, it, it's, it's trying to copy the other franchises that it's, you know, basically it become popular because of the the road it paved it paved for them. So it's I think it's time that Halo comes back and makes a name for itself and does has its got a war moment. Fingers crossed. I hope I really hope it does. I hope they figured yeah. out what that was and it's just not a it's not another, you know, Destiny clone or Doom clone or whatever it is. I, I want I want them to find the thing that makes Halo special again. So. I agree. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Now it's time. Cross very hard. Now it's time to squat up. Uh, Robbie Rob writes in to patreon.com. So it's kind of funny games uh, with a PS4 squat up and says, Hey, KFBFs, it's time to complete my friends list with my last device. And that is the PlayStation 4. I've only recently got it, but have PS Now and PS Plus. I need some help earning some platinum trophies. And of course, people to chat with after long days at the post office. Keep staying awesome, every single one of you. Robbie Rob, your community postman. So if you want to play some games with Robbie Rob, um, who apparently works at the post office, you can add him uh, at Robbie Rob Plays on PSN. So there you go. Earn him some Robbie. Thank you. Thank you for working hard in these crazy times, man. These crazy times. Essential Dude. workers, man. You got to love them. They're great. Doing God's work out there. Um, sure. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, the nanobiologist writes in and says the Avengers, the Avengers game, uh, or the Avengers was the game that Adam is, was thinking of. It was supposed to come out on PS3, 360, Wii U, and Windows, and was set to release in 2012. Dude, I remember seeing gameplay of that game and being like, "What the fuck, man? This seems crazy. Like, whatever this yeah. is, this is. I don't know how to feel about it. I didn't necessarily first feel awesome about horror. it. It's so yeah, weird. like first person. It was like a fighting game, kind of, right?" I don't don't, know. It was weird. Yeah, something oh, like wait, that. No, I'm thinking of a different one because there, there are a couple. There, I'm. It's all kind of flooding back to me now. There was one that was a fighting game that was a Wii specific one that I was that I was thinking about. The one you're thinking about, oh. I, I, I know what you're talking about, which was the first person game. It wasn't a fighting game. I know what you're talking about. I mean, it, it was like an action adventure game, but um, yeah. If you if you can just look it up on Google, there's you know, uh, THQ's canceled Avengers game, and it's just all this weird first person footage. It's all like kind of proof of concept, or maybe it's gameplay. Um, but yeah, there's you're flying around as Iron Man, putting your hands up, using your connect, you know that thing. Oh, not Man. gonna miss it. Uh, Nanobiologist writes in with breaking news: The Witcher series has officially sold 50 million units. So there you go. Congratulations Congrats. to The Witcher. Uh, Tommy Boy says Leviathan mode is the is the game mode from Battlefield twenty one forty two. Maybe, maybe it's called Leviathan mode. I could. He might be right. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking it up now. And then Nanobots Nano writes in with an update to The Witcher series sales. According to Daniel Ahmad, The Witcher three contributed to over twenty eight million units to that number, and the total number of series sales was at five million before The Witcher 3's launch, which is is actually like a huge uh, spike. And so there you go, more context on that. Um, Nanobots also says, man, Nanobots is like on it today. Uh, he says there were five Halos on three sixty: Halo three, ODST, Reach four, and Halo uh, CE Anniversary. Yeah, I, I was trying. I was trying to think of new games that they made. Sorry, that's what I was. I was thinking yeah. more of like what the and delivery. That that is correct. Uh, actually, the it's not Leviathan. It's Titan. Uh, Titan. The battlefield. Yeah, battlefield. There you uh, go. You're, you're, it's like it's essentially Attack on Titan, huh? Because uh, you're going after the Titan carrier. Anyway, sorry. And then uh, Nanobot is, is is getting into the weeds of things, but he now says actually there's seven Halo Halos on on 360 if you count uh, Halo Wars and Halo, Halo Spartan Wars. Assault. I'm gonna stop you there, Nanobot. Just no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. The 360 was the uh, the heyday of all Halo stuff. But uh, yeah, as far as like 
talking first person. But yeah, no, you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. And then Robbie Rob, there's a lot of your wrongs, but they're like coming in as I'm talking and they're like help. And there's a lot of clarification that usually I wouldn't read, but these ones are actually very helpful. And so I'm, I'm giving you all a pass. Um, but Robbie Rob writes in, this is again from your, from the squad up. He says, forgot to add to my squad up uh, to play local Roco remastered on PS now, uh, easy platinum in less than five hours. So there you go. Um, and then the last one I'm going to read is from Yarjun who writes in and says, blessing the Marvel fighting game you're talking about might be EA published uh, Marvel nemesis rise of the imperfects. And I can't, confirmed or i can't confirm or deny that um actually no i'm gonna look it up right now because i'm it might be right i don't think this is it as i'm looking it up because the game i'm thinking of was like it was almost like an anime fighter but with marvel characters where it's like behind the back uh you got a team it's it was a weird one that never got released but i promise i'm not making it up it's it's real but there you go i believe that's it i I will i'll choose this one moment to believe you this is the only the only one i give you i'm sorry i appreciate it adam Uh, i think we have a good (laughs) connection here we should continue continue this elsewhere uh that's it that's it for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong uh tomorrow's hosts are greg and alana pierce so stay tuned for that of course this has been kind of funny games daily uh each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about uh, we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you <laughs>